answer. Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide. And on the phone today, I got big doings. There's a lot going on in the world. We got all kinds of drama everywhere. Shit's blowing up. We don't know what's going on. But on the phone with me to talk about a little piece of it, our little piece of it, Tim Parkhurst, president of the Scout Sniper Association. He's on the phone with me because the Marine Corps has got some big doings going on. And I want to talk to Tim about that because it affects the Scout Sniper Association. It affects everybody out there that's part of this community. And um, Tim, just thanks for giving me a call today and coming out on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh, I appreciate you having me on and uh, looking forward to uh, seeing what your take is on, on this whole thing. Uh, it's, it's, it's been an interesting week. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I just got I flew in last night from San Diego and so we spent about 10 days down there. I did a class at Paula Range in San Diego. And so we took a, the weekend before and I stayed in Oceanside. And guess who I drank with all weekend and hung out in the haunted head and all that shit and talking to dudes on the front line. And they're explaining all these crazy changes to me. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And, you know, you're like here, here to fill us in on some of that. Well, yeah. So I, I'll be honest. I, I don't have an inside track um, other than I've been talking to some of the instructors at the schoolhouses. Uh, so I know pretty much what they know. Uh, and I also have read the message, which is uh, it's out in the public domain now. Uh, you, you may have noticed we, we posted that message on social media uh, the other day. And we kind of held on to it because it, it actually hit the street on Tuesday of this past week. Um, it's a formal message, uh, you know, Marine Corps message, AMHS, for those of you that know what that is. Uh, and it was put out by the deputy commandant for plans, policies and operations. That's Lieutenant General Furness. Um, and he uh, he basically put out this message and they're, they're calling it the scout sniper transition. Uh, really what it ought to be called is the scout sniper do away with, right? Cause that's what it does. Oh, totally. And, yeah. And, and the verbiage in that thing, uh, people have, have been talking about this for a couple months now and everybody, including us here at the association, we've all been like, well, you know, what if, you know, not really sure, is this going to happen? Whatever. Because there was a document floating around that was, um, not sure who got it or where, but it was a draft recommendation from last year's ground board, right? Yep. And so for those, for those who may not be familiar, <clears throat> the Marine Corps has a uh, this gathering uh, up at headquarters Marine Corps <clears throat> of high-ranking folks from the ground combat uh, MOSs uh, to represent each of their interests, you know, the infantry, you know, tanks, artillery, whatever, you know, that are in the ground combat uh, arena. And uh, they discuss big picture policy issues, manpower stuff, structure, money, doctrine, all that kind of thing at these ground boards. And um, one of the things, uh, one of the recommendations that came out of that ground board this past year was exactly what was published in the message that came out on Tuesday. But because it was a draft and it was just a recommendation that we saw, you know, the last couple months, everybody was kind of hoping that, oh, well, you know, maybe the commandant will ignore that recommendation. Maybe they won't take action on it. Maybe they'll decide something different, whatever. But uh, the actual message traffic, um, and I've got it pulled up right here in front of me, this thing was released uh, on the 21st, which is Tuesday, at about uh, 2.26 Eastern time in the afternoon. Um, and you know, it, it's an official message. It, it, it was sent out to all major commands in the Marine Corps, um, everywhere. And it essentially says exactly what the draft recommendation said. And, uh, I'll just, I'll read it verbatim for you. Uh, this message directs immediate transition of scout sniper platoons to scout platoons. So they're, so they're changing it. Um, and the background is that the approved force design, 2030 construct removed the scout sniper platoon from the infantry battalion table of organization. Uh, so this is the commandant general Berger's force design 2030 that everybody's been talking about. 
And this is that same force design structure where he removed all tanks from the Marine Corps. Uh, he got rid of all the tube artillery. Yep. Got it, rid of got, got rid of an infantry battalion. Uh, came up with this Marine Littoral Regiment concept uh, for the guys out in Third Marines. Um, it, making a lot of big changes, right? Huge. And yeah, and uh, so one of these things uh, it, it goes on to say the results of the infantry battalion experimentation phase, uh, which was this big experiment that they had. Uh, it showed the scouting capabilities in the newly designed infantry companies were insufficient to offer the battalion continuous all-weather information gathering. So I'm just going <laughs> to right. stop and elaborate on that for a minute, you know? So here's the thing, man. If you had a scout sniper platoon, if that was fully staffed with trained guys like it should be, um, then you would not have that issue, right? Right. Um, but because we're a secondary MOS, not a primary – because it's not a career path, because it's not attrition at the schoolhouse that's the problem. It's always been, well, it can be, but the biggest problem is retention. You know, if guys don't have a career path, why would they stick around? And and we all know that they don't. Right. I didn't. I got out of the Marine Corps in 1993 as a sergeant because my first sergeant was going to send me to the drill field and I was getting ready to reenlist. He was going to send me to the drill field on my new orders and then hope that I could come back to an infantry battalion three years later uh, as maybe a staff sergeant. And I asked him at that time, I was like, hey, uh, you know, first sergeant, what, uh, what are my chances of going back to state platoon? And he said, well, slim to none. You're, you're an 0351. You'll probably go back to a dragon platoon uh, or you'll be a platoon sergeant somewhere, you know, whatever. And, you know, because you've got to have MOS credibility, right? Right. Well, that's 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 been the battle for forever you know this is back in the early 90s and and it it hasn't really changed very few guys actually spend their whole career doing scout sniper stuff it, it happens there's a handful but it's it's pretty rare right mm -hmm. so if, if you have that happening well of course guys are going to get out and so you can't retain the guys that you got trained so it doesn't matter how quickly you put them through the schoolhouse you just can't keep them and so then you have problems like this where they do this infantry uh battalion experimentation phase one or whatever and they have you know apparently they had a scout sniper platoon that wasn't fully manned with trained guys and it didn't get them the you know the the capability that they needed so instead of just fixing the existing platoon what the commandant is saying here and and i'll just continue reading from the message it says the commandant of the marine corps agreed to establish a scout platoon within the infantry battalion to provide the commander with relevant, reliable, accurate, and prompt information. Well, that's exactly what the scout sniper platoon has been doing for decades. Right. Right. And uh, so it goes on to say that the scout platoon consists of 26 Marines, four teams of six infantry Marines led by a first lieutenant and an infantry gunnery sergeant. Well, that's not too far off from the existing scout sniper platoon. It's actually a little more robust uh, as far as numbers. Uh, from the, the, the existing scout sniper platoon. But these guys are only going to be scouts. They're not going to be scout snipers, right? So you're losing that training. And are they going to eliminate sniper school or reduce it? Yes, yes. Let yeah. me read on. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I interrupted that. No, no, it's, that, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked. So it goes on. I'll just finish this paragraph here. This is still the background piece. Uh, it says, trained designated marksmen and precision rifles will remain within the infantry company. All right, so let's let's take that apart for a second. Trained DMs. Well, we all have, are familiar with what the DM course looks like. It's nothing like scout sniper school, right? Mm -hmm. It's uh, what is what is it like a couple of weeks or something like that of shooting? I, I, I it's um, changed. Yeah, I think it's three or something, isn't it? Okay, wow, three weeks. You know, I is mean, it that's that or two, not, that, or did they lower it? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It may be. The, it may be three. Let's let's just err on the side of caution. Let's say it's three. Maybe maybe it's four. I don't know. But even if it is, it's still not as much as what the guys at sniper school are getting. No. Right. So so it's 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 a lesser training standard for just the shooting piece, and they don't get any of the other skills along with it that they train at scout sniper skill. So train designated marksmen will be retained in this platoon and the precision rifles, right? Not snipers, but the rifles themselves will remain. So now you got guys who aren't even trained on these freaking rifles. They're going to be employing these rifles 
you know, like the Mark 13. To, yeah, it'll six. be OJT, right? It'll all be OJT. Yeah, it'll be OJT. These, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and you and I both know that these these systems are complicated enough with the scopes and, and being able to zero the weapons, things like that, uh, that, that you kind of need to know what you're doing. Uh, right? I kind of made a living on teaching people how to do it. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's that's all just, you know, whatever. OK, so the next the next statement is this is a big one. I I, I love to tear this one apart. It says reconnaissance and special operations units will continue to train snipers through formalized periods of instruction at the recon training center and Marine training, Marine Raider training center, respectively. All right. So, so let's, let's pull this one apart for a second. They're acknowledging that there is a need for snipers in the military, right? But they're saying that this decision doesn't impact the recon community or the MARSOC community. Well, of course it doesn't because MARSOC doesn't belong to the Marine Corps. The Commandant of the Marine Corps doesn't have the authority <laughs> to kill to, that. <laughs> to kill that, right? Yes. And, and he would be an idiot to try to kill it for the for the recon community. Um, so, so there, there's a couple of things. Uh, first off, you know, one could assume from this, and, and it doesn't really explicitly say. So, it's this is an assumption that you know maybe they're recognizing that we still do need snipers, but if we need them, we're just going to grab them from recon or Marsoc, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't really say that specifically, but it sort of implies that you could. Well, you know, let's let's look at the reality right now. There is a recon sniper course right now, and they're talking about, you know, adding a MOS. And that, that's actually mentioned further down in the message uh, of 0322 for guys who graduate that course. But that course, you know, like most stuff with recon, you know, recon is a very in-demand asset. And they have a hard time meeting their operational commitments as it is. I know I served with two different recon battalions and MARSOC before I retired and they're constantly spread thin. They're constantly undermanned. They're constantly overtasked. So now, you know, if you imply that, you know, big Marine Corps is just going to reach back to recon battalions or the force companies for their sniper capability down in an infantry battalion, it ain't going to happen. I mean, it's just, it's just common sense. It's not gonna. And then, you know, like we said a second ago with MARSOC, it's not allowed to happen. You simply cannot. Big Marine Corps can't task MARSOC with that kind of a thing. It's just not going to happen. So, so that's that. And uh, so that that completes the background portion of this statement. Uh, the next uh, paragraph is action, and here's where they're directing stuff. It says infantry battalions that have not yet reached uh, stabilization or lock-on date will immediately transition scout sniper platoons to scout platoons using the existing 18 Marine platoon structure. Okay, so they're taking the existing 18 Marines in a sniper platoon and turning them into scouts and just getting rid of the sniper portion of, yeah, of the... Yeah, blind, blend everybody, right. Yeah, and then, you know, when when the, uh, the message becomes uh, effective, everything is supposed to happen no later than, than 1 October. So, you know, the... The theory is, I guess, that they're going to bump it up to that 26 men, you know, somewhere around the first of the fiscal year. Uh, so then it goes on and says uh, PPO directs input for the TIP, the training input plan for Scout Sniper Basic Course in FY24 and beyond, will be zero allocated seats. So the Scout Sniper Basic Course, starting in fiscal year 24, which is October 1 of this year, goes away. That's it. The Scout Sniper Basic Course is gone. Jesus right? Christ. Yeah. N- number four, PPNO is coordinating with CDNI to remove the 0317 billet MOS from infantry battalion TO and establishing the 0322 MOS recon sniper within the reconnaissance battalions. So they're not only canceling the schoolhouse, get rid of the training arm, you know, of the scout sniper community. They're actually doing away with the MOS. It's just going to be gone. Holy shit. So, so all of those guys that have been trained and currently hold the 0317 MOS, it, it, that won't exist anymore. They'll revert their, back to whatever their primary right. was. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they always have been their primary. Right, so, right. You're, you're, you, can, you get both. Problem. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but you don't get the 0317 anymore. It's not even on there anymore. So guys could have served. You, you might have a guy 
for example, who, who, who maybe he's one of the lucky ones that, you know, now he's a gunny and he's been in a sniper platoon for, you know, maybe most of his career since he graduated the course. And maybe he's attended all these other follow on courses like, you know, mountain sniper and, you know, urban sniper and whatever, uh, you know, sniper leaders course and, and, and all these different things. None of those matter. Uh, the fact that he graduated the course will be listed in his schools, but that MOS will be gone. It won't even be on his record. When he gets his DD-214 on retirement, it won't even say 0317 because it doesn't exist. Oh, shit. That just ruined all that thing. Yeah, it, it says right here they're removing the 0317 BMOS from the Infantry Battalion TO. Well, it doesn't exist anywhere else. So if they're removing it from the Infantry Battalion TO, then it's just gone. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's just gone, man. And and so they're they're replacing it with this 0322 uh, recon sniper MOS in the recon battalions. And you know, you know, we already talked about how spread thin recon has been historically, um, just providing the reconnaissance assets, much less trying to do specific, you know, sniper uh, missions for an infantry battalion. An infantry battalion commander will no longer have a sniper capability at his fingertips. It just won't exist. No more eyes, ears, and trigger finger of the battalion commander. Not for the battalion commander. The, the MU commander, you know, when, when a recon platoon chops to a MU, yep. the, the MU commander will own it. But unless the MU commander actively, you know, purposely orders <laughs> that, that, that recon platoon to provide, you know, that capability to his subordinate units... They're not going to get it because because the, the BLT commander, the battalion commander, they don't own them. The new commander does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so, crazy. Yeah. So this thing about direct support, you know, you used to be a state platoon or a sniper platoon would, would uh, you know, the battalion commander can just say, hey, I want, you know, I want these teams from our from my platoon to be in direct support of this company and that company. And then I want these other teams from my platoon to be in general support of the battalion. Right. He can do that. The battalion commander, the BLT commander can do that. He'll no longer have the ability to do that. He'll have to go beg the mute commander to pull off a recon guy from the recon platoon that's probably busy doing recon stuff to try to get that asset. And they're not going to have it. This almost reminds me like when I was coming at the end, like how we dealt when they were giving us stinger people. It's yeah. like this <laughs> random guy shows up and he's carrying this fucking tube with us. And it's like, and you don't know anything about them. You don't know nothing. You don't work with them. There's no cohesion. It's just a guy with a stinger tube who got a, who got attached to you and, Mm -hmm. and, and his stinger tube don't even really work. It's a fucking lead sleeve or some shit. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It does not promote that efficiency. It doesn't, you know, it's living and working together with guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's the whole message. You know, the next paragraph five, uh, all it says is message approved by Lieutenant General, Lieutenant General DJ Furness, uh, Deputy Commandant for Plans, Policies and Operations. And, and that's it. So uh, the rest of it is all just header information and stuff like that. But, but that's the whole message. Um, you know, so we picked it apart and, and, and read through it. Um, what, Sorry. What, yep, no worries. I mean, like, literally, what is the Marine Corps supposed to be? They gutted the tanks, they gutted the artillery, they're gutting the snipers, you know, and, and it's like, what's going to be left with it? I mean, I talked to some guys in San Diego, and, and they're part of that new group. I, I don't know. I know the West Coast does some things a little different. They experiment over there a little more, it seems. Yeah. And, and I guess it's this new a uh, regiment or something that has, they're the ones that are issued the, um, the LVPOs. They have the one to eights or one to sixes. And it's that, mm-hmm. it's that crew. But he was talking about like the Island hopping campaign. You just mentioned with the Okinawa stuff um, that they want like a, yeah. a, a, a company to hold an entire Island. Yeah. They want to op- operate in the littorals, which is right. fine. And not, you know, I don't have a problem with, with, the commandant's view of uh, what a future war might look like uh, against uh, a near peer adversary like China. Um, I think, I think he's right that we're going to need to be able to operate in a contested space uh, distributed 
in very small units that are undetectable um, to the the larger, you know, adversary force. Um, and it's going to, I'll tell you, in this environment, we all know with, with you know, electronic emissions and, and cyber warfare and satellites and, and drones and everything else, that it's, it's really hard to remain undetected uh, in any environment. Exactly. But, but, but if you start moving company size and battalion size elements around, that, that can't go undetected. You just, you know, the only way you're going to be able to do it is, is by using uh, modes of transportation that are specifically designed to, to not put out emissions, uh, specifically designed to mask movement um, and in small, very small groups, you know, very small teams and things like that. And those teams are going to have to be highly capable. And, you know, he, he has this idea that uh, he well, being the commandant, General Berger, has this idea that uh, your, your average infantry Marine is going to be like a commando. It, and, well, I get you know, that, I, but what is what is yeah. he – I mean, unless you're going to give him – I mean, unless you have that sort of over-the-horizon support feature, aircraft that can loiter beyond station or something, how are they supposed to repel the enemy? Um, you, it, you, like, they're there snooping and pooping. Maybe they're going to blow something small up and cause some <laughs> havoc and create some problems. But at the same yeah. time, they're all going to be dependent on the radio. And that right, radio is right. going to be attached to something that has to be, but it, you know, how often have we seen that fail the small team, you know, your seals, your, those guys that, that get kind of hung out there in these weird places, uh, you know, yeah. the mountains of Afghanistan where the radio signal doesn't work as well. Uh, you know, they're yeah. talking North Korea and Korea's, which is, you can't get radio signals out of those canyons and valleys is easily yeah. in Korea. So I, I don't know, you know, what they're looking at for uh, communication technology uh, for the future. I, I mean, I know what we have right now and, and I know what we have had in the past. Uh, I can tell you that the technology exists right now. I've seen it at some of these military expos and modern day Marines, stuff like that. There's companies that have commercial off the shelf solutions right now where um, with a device, the size of a, a small handheld radio, um, you know, that you can clip on your belt, uh, you can create a local Wi-Fi network that's all your own without any other, you know, no cell towers, no right, nothing, right. just create your own, your own network that's only visible and only detectable within a certain range, you know. So if, if, if no enemy is outside of your little bubble, they can't detect you guys using your own little Wi-Fi network. Uh, and then you, you know, whatever information that you're gathering amongst your team your your distributed you know small unit squad whatever it is that's out there um they have a another ancillary device that can be connected uh to this network they can send all that data in a burst transmission that you know goes back to higher headquarters in a in a millisecond you know and it's right. a packet of information that uh, and it's not it's not a radio wave it's it's a like a microwave burst or or whatever, but it's, uh, you know, there's, there's yeah, options quick, out but there. The only thing is call me skeptical, but the greatest electronic superpower who makes every piece of technology on our planet is, is China. China. Right. You know, so, and, and <laughs> yeah, half of their yeah. parts probably came from them and don't tell me they don't put a back door in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, but, look yeah. at TikTok. I mean, TikTok is essentially owned by the Chinese state. Right. In, in part. And uh, the you ask any cyber warfare guy, you know, what he thinks of TikTok. And you know, one, one of our one of our board members is in cyber warfare. Um, it's what he does, cybersecurity. And and he's he's like, uh, you got TikTok on your phone? And if you say yes, he'll just walk away. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's like, I, yeah, because the because the the people who developed the the software for that app can at any time activate features within it to control your phone. And, and we're not and building control. our phone over there or nothing. Right. Yeah. Well, they are. Exactly. <laughs> You're right. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the iPhones are almost all iPhones uh, are assembled in China, you know, and it's, it's, it's not, it's not a hardware thing though. It's the software that's on the app actually can control all of the sensors in your phone. It can, without you ever knowing it, they can activate the, the TikTok app to do things like uh, use your accelerometer sensor that's in it, your GPS, 
uh, activate your camera, the microphone, all that stuff. And, you know, it's, it's just a huge security risk. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why, you know, if you work in a secure facility or in a skiff or something, you got to lock your phone in a box before you go in the building. Um, but this, this TikTok app just magnifies the threat to, to the nth degree, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's one of the, one of the few social media platforms SSA will never have, you know, we'll, we'll never be on because we're just not going to do that. Um, but yeah, so this this message, man, it's 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 uh, it's disheartening. And I'll tell you, you know, I'm going to put out an email this weekend to our membership. We already posted on social media just to kind of let everybody know what's going on if they aren't already aware. But uh, you know, this this feels like a punch to the gut. Well, this you whole know? world right now, we're in a sad state of affairs with these people, and and I'm getting sick yeah. of them, you know. But yeah, this is a total punch in the gut to American traditionalism, American excellence. I mean, you're gutting the Marine Corps. You tell me you can't turn around and 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 trim some fat on the Army, which I'm sure they're doing. But you know what I mean? It's but you're gonna gut the traditions of the Marine Corps. Yeah. I mean, you know, so so what they're doing basically is they're taking an 18-man scout sniper platoon and they're replacing it with a 26-man scout platoon, thinking that they're going to get a better capability. Well, if, if they're willing to expend the extra manpower, they're building 18 into 26, well, <laughs> you know, that's the expensive part of it. You know, the course, we already have the scout sniper course in place. They're, they're talking about making this scout thing an, an, an actual MOS, well, right. and, and that'll be the thing is they can't they can't fill 18 people, 18 qualified people, but they're going to fill 26. No, they're going to pull anybody and just stick them in there. It's That's gonna, exactly right. Right. They're, they're going to have the same problem. Yes. They're, they're going to have 26 lesser trained Marines. Exactly. Exactly. And now now here's here's the here's the rub, though. If they if they make it a primary MOS, which this message does not address that, uh, but the the conventional wisdom out there from the ground board recommendations was that they would create an actual primary MOS of scout. Right. Okay. Um, if they, if they do that, um, then what you're looking at is you've got lesser trained Marines, more of them, but they'll stick around because they can reenlist in that MOS. They can get assigned within that MOS. Right. It's something that scout snipers have never had. It's something that the recon community fought for back in the 90s with the fixed recon initiative. And I personally know a couple of the guys that were instrumental in that. Uh, uh, retired Master Guns Joe Setlin and uh, retired Master Guns uh, Rich Barrett, who is a hog. He's a scout sniper as well. Uh, they were uh, they kind of led the charge along with a few other guys to uh, implement the fixed recon initiative in the 90s. You know, back then, if, if you remember... Uh, recon was split up into all these little sort of half-assed companies at the regiment and the regiment didn't know what to do with them. Most of the time, it was just like being in a state platoon back in the eighties. Yes. Right. It, ju it was just like that. You had a regimental commander who wasn't a recon guy who owned this little recon company who in most cases didn't know what the hell to do with it. Didn't know how to properly train and equip them. And so they just languished. It right? was heartbreak Ridge. And it was heartbreak Ridge. Yes, That's exactly right. And, you know, so they, they recognize that, hey, we, we got we to gotta either consolidate or die because we're becoming irrelevant. That's what they decided within their own community. And that's what a lot of us in the scout sniper community have known for decades. You know, when I was a scout sniper in 3.5, you know, back in the early 90s, we knew, you know, that, that if we remained like this for too long, we would become irrelevant. Because I saw three different battalion commanders during my time with the battalion. And only one of them really had a handle on how to utilize us yeah. and was willing to take a risk to do so, right? He was the only one out of three different battalion commanders. That's not a real good average, right? And I, I'm sure it's been, you know, I, I can't tell you how many, uh, you know, scout snipers I've talked to from different eras, from, from the early 80s all the way through to the 2000s that experienced the same type of thing. Because it's not a primary MOS, it's just an additional. I, it's, it's yeah, it's just on the back burner. It's an afterthought. Well, one of the right? things I mean, uh, back before this piece of shit of administration, I had read an article. I think it was mill.com that they were uh, over the East Coast guys <laughs> were putting 
electronic warfare with the state platoon. And I saw mirror yeah. in that and they were working the electronic warfare with stay. And to me, I went, okay, if they bridge electronic with stay stays here, you know what I mean? It's here to stay. And, and now it, it, they threw that out the window, unless maybe the East coast is going to do something different. I don't know, but it, yeah. it's just so weird because it, it almost made sense. You got somebody who's sneaky and you know, you can go out there, go forward of the lines, do what you have to do. And if you're dragging along electronic warfare people with you, yeah. you can do a lot of damage. Uh, a sniper yeah. team can, can take out electronics with the, with the fifties and the different bigger guns. They can punch holes in, in different stuff and yeah. you can jam and do all kinds of things that you need to do with the electronics. They can find what they're looking for and then the guys can yeah. go punch a hole in it. You know, that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, but well, now it's, you know, there, there's, yeah, no, you're right. And that's, and if you look around, uh, you're right. The different coasts, the different schoolhouses are doing different things, uh, and are focusing on different things. Um, I know, you know, the guys at SOI West, uh, have been kind of more into experimentation out there. Uh, but you know, I, I, uh, I'm in North Carolina and I follow, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Horde, who is the AITB commander at SOI East. And, uh, you know, he's, he's out there all the time, uh, you know, posting on social media about, Hey, our scout snipers out there training with drones. You know, they got this UAV course that's at AITB and they're integrating the two courses. They got the scout sniper basic course and students at the UAV course working together in the course. Right. Yeah. And training together. And it's that kind of innovation, but that's all based on personalities. That's all that, you know, that individual, that, that Lieutenant Colonel, uh, is doing the right thing. He's, you know, he's trying to expand the the capabilities of the individual Marines, regardless of their MOS, uh, to be effective on the battlefield. And we we know that electronics and and you know EM and cyber warfare and all this are going to play a huge role in the next conflict. And he's trying to prepare them as best he can, given the construct of the course structure that he has to work with, because he can't get rid of a course or start a new course you know, or, or just completely change it on his own. There's got to be all this other stuff that happens, you know, but he can, he can tell his two courses to work together and that's what he's been doing. And I think there's a lot of guys in the community on the enlisted side, and there's a handful of officers uh, here and there who uh, understand, you know, what the scout sniper, what a, what a well-trained Marine um, brings to the battlefield in terms of capability. And, you know, there's there's so many levels that this message hurts. You know, it's obviously the emotional level. Um, you know, it just feels like a like a, a gut punch. You know, to have your heritage uh, just done away with. You know, like it's like it like it didn't contribute. You know, like it just wasn't enough. Right, right. You know? Yo, you like, guys really? were cute. It, it, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like it wasn't enough. Really. I mean, look at the sacrifice of of our community. Look at the number of guys from our community that are running around missing limbs with purple hearts. Look at the look at the number that we have, you know, who who, who didn't make it home, mm -hmm, right? And, mm -hmm. and look at look at our history going all the way back, right? And this may be a little bit of a history lesson for some folks listening. Um, I, I our community, the Scout Sniper, the name Scout Sniper became a thing in January of 1943, right? The term scout and sniper were put together by the Marine Corps in the same phrase in January of 1943, when a scout and sniper school was established at Green's Farm in California. And right around the same time, they started another scout and sniper school at New River uh, near Camp Lejeune. And uh, a lot of guys don't even know that. They, they've all heard about Green's Farm, but nobody's ever heard about the one at Camp Lejeune. Um, that those two schools put out a whole bunch of students, graduated a whole bunch of guys by our today's standard, all of those guys would be considered hogs and would all be, you know, eligible for regular membership in our association, but we don't even know who they are because the rosters don't exist. Right. So it's hard to, to figure out who they are, but an interesting aspect of, uh, you know, how things kind of played out in world war two is that, uh, despite putting out hundreds of trained snipers, there were only two units that actually fielded a unit full of scout snipers. 
in combat. And uh, those were uh, 2nd Marine Regiment uh, that landed on Tarwa in 1943. And then there was 6th Marine Regiment that landed on Saipan in 1944. Those two regiments were the only two that had full-up scout sniper platoons uh, that they fielded in combat. The very first one, uh, 2nd Marines on Tarawa, uh, was commanded by uh, a Lieutenant Hawkins. And you, you may remember this from your Marine Corps history, but Lieutenant Hawkins was killed in action. Uh, he won the Medal of Honor. He was a, he was a school-trained sniper, scout sniper, from Green's Farm. He trained his men in New Zealand before they deployed to Tarawa. And uh, he was killed in action and won the, earned the Medal of Honor uh, serving as a scout sniper on Tarawa. The very first one, the very mm-hmm. first scout sniper platoon commander. No, you know, very few guys in our community even know that history. And, you know, so our, our legacy is a strong one. Our, our legacy goes way back. You know, I, I love, you know, the stories of Carlos Hathcock and, you know, how uh, he brought in sort of the, the modern era of, of snipers after Vietnam, you know, when we, we built the, the very first purpose-built sniper rifle in the M40, you know, and then uh, he and Jim Land and others uh, put together, you know, the first formally recognized uh, Marine Corps level scout sniper instructor course uh, that graduated uh, its first class in 1977. Uh, and that kind of ushered us into the modern era, you know, but we have a history long before that, long before that. For sure, and for sure. It's it's 80 years, man. Last month was our 80 year anniversary of the of the of the title scout sniper well if you think about it um go you should jump in to talk about the memorial with this because we're talking about guys in the memorial in the history and where yeah. you're going with the memorial for scout snipers yeah I'm, i appreciate you bringing that up so that's a good segue uh so with everything that's going on in the community right now and the fact that uh it looks like scout snipers have pretty much you know been decided to to be you know eliminated uh, in a, on active duty. Um, first, I just want to say that, you know, this, the association isn't going anywhere. Uh, the association, you know, they can do whatever they want with the MOS and the schoolhouses and whatever on active duty, but, you know, we're, we're about 1400 members strong, um, active members and our members aren't going anywhere, you know, whether they're on active duty or not, you know, whether they've been long retired, uh, one of our, we have one board member uh, that just got elected in January, who's a Vietnam era guy. Uh, everybody else is younger than him. Um, we have several uh, who are OEF, OIF guys. Um, you got me that was, uh, you know, a Desert Storm sniper and, and stuff like that. So, you know, we've got good representation on our board of directors from every era, you know, that's that's still young enough to, you know, get out of bed in the morning and do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, you know, one of the things that we decided, and you and I have talked about this before, but, you know, this past year in the fall, uh, we took a vote on the board. Um, some of y'all may, may remember Alex Carlson, uh, Gunner Carlson. Um, he retired a couple of years ago. Uh, he was the gunner up at Weapons Training Battalion and a scout sniper. Um, but he served on our board for six years uh, before he uh, had to step down. And uh, when he walked out the door, he sent me an email and he said, Hey, Tim, uh, you, you guys really should consider building a memorial for scout snipers killed in action. And I was like, Oh, are you going to throw that out there on the way out the door, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and not stick around and help. Right. And, uh, uh, but I got to thinking about it and we started discussing it and, and we realized that, you know, if, if you go to, uh, the recon training center, there's a memorial there, uh, uh, for, um, recon guys at the recon training center. If you go to the national museum of the Marines, uh, at Quantico and walk through the Memorial park outside and look at all the monuments, there are at least four monuments for recon Marines and recon units in, in that park. There's not a single monument anywhere for fallen scout snipers, not one. And, you know, we got thinking about that and, you know, <laughs> you know, be, because we're not a primary MOS because we've never had our own, separate unit that didn't belong to a, a larger infantry battalion, right. Or a regiment, uh, you know, there, yeah, there, there, there isn't one, you know, I looked at the army and, uh, it turns out they've got one out there at Fort Benning near the schoolhouse. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they've got a memorial for uh, fallen army snipers, 
And uh, I thought, man, that's, that's bullshit. <laughs> we need to do something about this. So we, uh, I think it was back in October or something like that, we took a formal vote on whether or not to pursue this thing because it's, it's a big project. Um, we expect it to cost a lot of money, uh, probably a half a million dollars, uh, maybe more. Um, and we expect it to take years. You know, it could be three to five years, maybe even longer. Um, but what we envision is uh, a, a memorial, a monument to scout snipers killed in action. And, and when I say scout snipers killed in action, I'm talking about from World War II all the way to the present day mm-hmm. and into the future. And uh, our initial vision for this is that it will be a life-size bronze statue of a two-man sniper team. And it, obviously, it'll be on a base of some kind that, you know, the, the names can be etched on and all that sort of thing. All the details, you know, to be determined, whatever. But uh, just the basic concept is that it would be a full-size, life-size bronze of, of a two-man sniper team. And that the, uh, the shooter would be um, a, uh, a late Afghanistan-era uh, sniper with an M40A6 you know, representing kind of the end of the line for the, the M40 series rifles um, as a historical note. And then the observer who is behind and sort of off to the side of the shooter uh, would have a hand on his on the shooter's shoulder looking off at the target. Uh, and he would be a World War II era Marine dressed in the same garb and the same equipment with a 1903 Springfield and, and the long inertial scope on it, you know, slung over a shoulder. Um, and, you know, that, that positioning of, of the two would sort of approximate the symbology of, you know, at the Marine Corps birthday ball, where the scene that the oldest Marine present takes the first bite of the cake and then hands it to the youngest Marine present uh, to symbolize the transfer of knowledge and experience from one generation to the next. And so, you know, we, we, we kind of think that concept would work really well. Um, but it's going to be a big monument. It's going to be one of the larger ones in the Memorial Park, if you've ever been there. And uh, we've already reached out to the um, Marine Corps Heritage Foundation that owns the ground. They're the ones that uh, own the museum, built the museum. Um, and uh, uh, they're the ones that we have to pay a significant chunk of money to to, <laughs> to get the mm-hmm. spot. Um, so it's, uh, I'll, I'll just be upfront, uh, the, the ground itself, just to, just to get the spot that the memorial will be built on costs $120,000. Right. That's a big chunk of money. Yeah. Big chunk. And, uh, in talking with some artists that I've, uh, that I've met, uh, some bronze sculptors, uh, we're looking at, you know, it's probably going to be a couple hundred thousand just for the statue itself, um, for the bronze. And then, you know, you've got the site work, you've got the base, you've got engineering and, you know, somebody to build the base and, and you know, a project manager and everything else. It's, it's going to be expensive. But, uh, you know, our, our legacy deserves nothing less. You know, this is one of those things that uh, it's, it's been a long time coming. Um, yep, yep. It needs, it needs to be done. You know, whether we do it or somebody else does it, it needs to be done. And, uh you know, we've already taken steps. Uh, we've spoken to the Heritage Foundation, and uh, they've got a spot already set aside for us. They really want the Scout Sniper Association uh, to construct this monument. Uh, one of the things that we've decided to do uh, after some serious consideration is um, the first thing, and this is going to happen here in the next week or so, um, you'll be seeing uh, – I actually, I actually would have put this email out sooner, except that all this drama with – the MOS disappearing <laughs> uh, <laughs> came up, and, and so we had to address it. But uh, uh, probably next week, uh, you're going to see uh, emails go out to our membership and social media posts uh, about uh, soliciting nominations for regular members of the association to sit on a committee that will help drive the train on building this monument. We want our membership to have a stake in it. We want our membership to be able to make help make decisions uh, on all the details, what it looks like, how it's, you know, everything, the whole thing. Um, and not only that, there's a lot of work to be done. So it's, you know, the guys that are on the board here at the Scout Sniper Association, 
there's no way we can continue doing the work of the association and do this other project at the same time. It's just too much, you know, yeah, uh, and yeah. anybody that's ever been involved in a large project like that should understand um, it's, you know, we're already, you know, kind of tapped out because as everybody should know, um, all the leadership of the association uh, is, is volunteer. You know, none of us are paid. And, uh, you know, we all have day jobs except for a couple that are fully retired. But uh, uh, it's there's just a lot of work to do and not enough time in the day uh, to get it done. And uh, so it's 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 an interesting tap dance, uh, you know, sort for of a sure. ballet. It yeah, it takes a team, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, here, I'll, I'll throw this out here. Um, <laughs> if anybody ever thought they, they could do better. You know, for the association, if, if, if they had a chance to step up, now's your chance, bro, because uh, <laughs> i got to step down whether I like it or not. I have to leave. The, the bylaws of our association say that, uh, you know, the, the normal tour of duty for a, a director is three years, but you can stay up to a maximum of six. Well, I hit my six years next January. Oh, wow. So i got to go whether I like it or not. And I'm not going to push to change the bylaws. Uh, just to keep me there. That's not going to happen. Right. Um, that rules there for a reason. You know, we need fresh blood. Mm -hmm. We need somebody new to step up. Um, I'm happy and honored to have been able to fill the role and, and do some good while I was here, but we need somebody else that has the bandwidth that has the drive, uh, and has the skill set to, to lead the organization into the future and, uh, juggle all of these things that we're doing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if somebody wants to step up, uh, call us because we're looking to bring another guy on the board prior to me stepping down to give them an opportunity to, you know, get acquainted with the systems and stuff that we have in place and yeah, help coordinate and all that. Members. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, if, if, if they, if they get knee deep in what's going on in the association and things like that, and they still think that they want to, you know, take a shot at the top job, then by all means, man, um, we're, we're, we're looking for that guy. Uh, so, so I'm just putting it out there. You know, you can reach out to us on the contact form on our website. Uh, you can email me directly at CEO at scoutsniper.org uh, or, or call me, whatever. But uh, uh, that's, that's something that we definitely need to uh, get worked out here in the next few months, have somebody kind of Start start working that way towards the the transition. The queue. Yeah, you yeah. yeah, you need to have somebody in the transition, sure. Yeah, yeah. And then um, and, um we got the raffles going right now for O three seventeen day there. Uh that's coming up, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. So O three seventeen day, uh March seventeenth, we're doing the drawing. Uh this this year we did things a little different. This this rifle is not raffled. It's it's a sweepstakes, which means that anybody can go and enter. Uh, if you're eligible, uh, and you don't have to pay a dime, you don't have to buy a ticket, right? Uh, we're encouraging everyone to donate, uh, but th there were some legalities. You know, there, there were some legalities involved with uh, with raffles, and technically speaking, uh, every organization that does an online raffle is in violation of the law. Uh, the the fact that most states and the federal government choose to look the other way, uh, that's great, but all it takes is a single complaint, right? So if, if you ever get one complaint uh, in a state to a state attorney general, that state attorney general will go after the organization uh, with a vengeance yeah. and it could ruin us. And we, so we don't want to expose the association to that kind of liability. So in an effort to be above board and, and, and uh, you know, protect the association and its members, um, you know, we decided to do a sweepstakes, which is completely legal because it's not a game of chance because you don't have to pay to, to play. So uh, we, we actually are doing doing fairly well. A um, little bit behind my goal where I, where I thought we would be right now. Uh, so, you know, if, if you've already entered, um, you know, and, and you haven't donated, I would just encourage you to m maybe give five bucks, 10 bucks, you know, whatever. Well, and it used to be we sold, sold I was a rifle. I say real quick, though, for my people listening, this is a Terry Cross yeah. rifle. It is. This is yep. Terry Cross doing this. Terry Cross is building this rifle and doing this. It's on his new system and all that. And, and so for people who, you know, the, the, the chance of uh, supporting the Scout Sniper Association, 
this is with, and all the details are on Sniper's Hide. I have the post up there in the beer pit and all that. But um, Terry Cross stepped up to offer up this rifle and and put that together yep. with all the things. So for anybody who wants a chance for, for that, I mean, that that's a big deal in itself. And we've always had yeah. really great rifles uh, for uh, the, the association. Everybody's been super generous in that way. Yeah, yeah, we've we've done pretty well with these in the past, and uh, you know, it's, it looks like we're going to continue that. Uh, we we were a little nervous about this because it's a sweepstakes and not a raffle. Um, you know, rather than being required to spend ten dollars on an actual ticket, uh, you know, we've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of entries that didn't come with a donation. Uh, but honestly, there's a lot of, a lot of folks who stepped up and did donate and that's, that's making a big difference, but, uh, but we can do better. Uh, we, we are not at our goal, uh, just so you know. Um, and our goal was fairly modest, uh, compared to previous years, uh, just because we knew this would be a little bit different. Uh, but yeah, man, Terry, Terry is awesome. Uh, he stepped up in a huge way. This is uh, one of his, uh, zealot rifles, uh, his, his, uh, zealot chassis that he designed, um, it's in 308. It's got a Krieger barrel. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, this thing, yeah. this thing is beautiful. It's got the ion bond coating and, you know, Cerakote finish. And it's got custom engraving with the Scott Sniper Association logo on it in a couple different places. Uh, he doesn't let a rifle out of his shop that doesn't fire three consecutive three shot groups that are sub half minute of angle. Oh, Terry's that's, the man, man. Terry's Terry's God. Yeah. You know, as far as this community goes, and he built it up. Hell, I remember the first time I ever met Terry Cross at a competition down in Oklahoma, and it was crazy, you know. And just watching yeah. that guy I was like, can you know? I come out of the Marine Corps, and it's like, ah, I could shoot a little bit, and 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 you know, <laughs> and and then you see yeah. Terry Cross, and you're like, holy shit, who is this guy? He's a machine, and and yeah, just yeah. watching how smooth he was and running the bolt, and 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 like Terry'd have you know. Five rounds off, and I'd be on my second one, and it'd be like, "Whoa, wait a minute! What is this guy doing?" And, and, yeah, and, and he's yeah. and he's flawless at the time, and and I'm going back twenty, almost twenty three years now, uh, twenty two years probably uh, from that yeah. time. So yeah, for sure. I mean, this is a big deal to have a Terry Cross rifle on the table. Yeah, and it's you know, and Terry's not only a, a great shooter and, a, and an awesome rifle smith, uh, but he's also a great instructor you know, yes. and, and can uh, pass on the craft, uh, to, to others. He's, he's just a super, super great guy and a little bit more about the rifle. So night force, uh, very generously kicked in a, um, NX eight scope. It's a uh, four to 32 50 millimeter F one zero stop, uh, uh, one tenth of a mil, uh, adjustments, you know, it's, it's in flat, dark earth. Um, and also a, uh, it's got a 30 millimeter, uh, night force ultra mount on it, uh, zero MOA, uh, mount. So yeah, night force, uh, also stepped up in a big way to help make this a complete kit. And then, uh, SKB cases, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with those guys, but, uh, they, uh, donated, um, a I series, uh, custom, uh, gun case, uh, to put the thing in. And, uh, uh, just, uh, here in the last couple of weeks, uh, Terry gave me a call and he said, you know, I think, you know, this, it's a great gun, blah, blah, blah. But I think we need to sweeten the deal just a little bit and make it a more complete package. So it's ready to go out of the box. I was like, well, what do you got in mind? He said, he said, well, I got this Harris bipod and, uh, I put a KMW pod lock kit on it. So I'm throwing that in. And then I also got a, a tab gear, uh, rear pinch bag. Um, and, uh, Tony over at tab gear makes a, a sort of a special version, uh, for Terry that's got the uh, push button uh, sling swivel sewn into it. Yeah, attaches and to the uh, so, strap. Yeah, so you can attach it to your gun for during movement. So, you, so it's one less thing to carry, right? Um, so, yeah, uh, Terry kicked in one of those, and uh, that brings the total retail value up to over eighty five hundred bucks. Uh, so it's it's a nice package. But um, yeah, definitely yeah, go uh, grab it on the hide. I have it there, and in this podcast in the page, I'll put the link to the so. Uh, to the raffle or sweepstakes and all that. And then uh, that way guys can, if they're, if they access this, they'll be able to go and link to it as well. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, in, in addition to the sweepstakes, there's a lot of other things going on in the association and it's, uh, 
you know, something I just want to kind of remind our members. Uh, oftentimes, you know, we don't talk about, you know, the the types of help that we offer to our members and their families. But the Scout Sniper and Family Support is our primary program. It's it's we I say primary meaning it's the most important thing, right? Taking care of each other, you know, being our brother's keeper, you know, looking out for our families, our gold star families, and our surviving spouses. Is the, is the most important thing we can do. You know, that right there is the fulfillment of our legacy. Um, you know, so this these past couple of years have been really trying. I mean, there's been a lot of losses in the community. Um, we've had, damn, man, we've had guys, you know, take their own lives. Uh, we've had some tragic, unexpected losses uh, of, of, you know, uh, members who have passed away uh, under different circumstances. Uh, you know, and, and we're still caring for the families mm -hmm. uh, in some of these situations long term for as long as it takes. You know, there's there's a particular family and I'm not going to I'm not going to divulge the details or anything like that. Uh, you know, but if, if you know, you know, uh, but there's there's a family that we've been paying child care bills for almost a year now, um, you know, because it's just there's there's been a drain on the family's finances. That's and, a thing uh, to do. It's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. And that's, and we'll do that. It doesn't matter whether it's in the budget or not. If it's not, we'll, we'll put it in the budget. And that's just kind of how, how we're doing things these days. Um, you know, so we, we try to budget ahead of time for stuff like that, you know, but sometimes there's a need that maybe overcomes the, the normal budgetary uh, expectation. And, uh, but everybody that's, that's currently sitting on your board of directors uh, is of one mind, you know, that, that taking care of snipers, uh, on active duty, taking care of our former snipers, our members, uh, taking care of their families uh, is, is the most important thing we can do. You know, running running events, that's cool. And as members, you know, we expect to have events to go to and be able to get together and have fun. And Paul Schuster, he's our vice president uh, for Scout Sniper Support, uh, that spearheads, you know, most of these support efforts. Um, he's actually uh, at a um, event uh, in the Camp Lejeune area today that we had a hogs call uh, that we uh, kicked in some money to help pay for ammo and food and stuff like that. Uh, you know, and, and we'll do that for anybody. Uh, you know, any any uh, any scout sniper that wants to, to run a hogs call, all you got to do is give us a call, let us know. Um, we'll put the word out, uh, help you publicize it, uh, and we'll put $1,000 towards the expenses. If you want to buy food, ammo, beverages, whatever, uh, you know, for, for your little get together with, with fellow hogs, that's what we do. That's how a hogs call works. But, you know, member, members got to step up and say, Hey, we want to do this. And you got to let us know if we don't know, can't help you, you know? Right. Right. Uh, for sure. Just, yeah. Just jump on the website and, uh, and shoot us a message. And, uh, and you got the store there. You can get supporter gear. There's, there's the yeah, store. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this, in the, the website has, um, swag and clothing and things like that, that they can order. I even got the, uh, absolutely. Yeah. The fuck me, catch me shorts and shit. You laughed when I bought them. <laughs> yeah. Well, we actually got more stuff coming. Um, <laughs> you, you might, you might've seen recently we had uh, direct action peril, uh, designed a, a oh, cool shirt I, for us. I gotta yeah. tell you, man. So we're on the plane yesterday and and I'm not, so they, they make you like San Diego made a strip. You couldn't have anything but one layer of clothing on. So if you had a hoodie or if you had anything like that, on, you had to take it off. Like now they're going through TSA. Yes. Now they're scanner. And it was funny too, because you were able to put your bag on and not take anything out anymore, but then you had to get undressed. Because the state, the scanner can't read the folds in your clothes, you know. Fuck them. Wow. So, wow. so we get undressed, right? And underneath, Laura's got a scout sniper shirt, but she's got the direct action hat. Um, mm -hmm. and it's 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 so it says, uh, "Shoot fast, die last." So she <laughs> she doesn't get on, or she doesn't get redressed really, in in um, in in put her hoodie back on. Uh, in fact, she had like a um. Uh, recon sniper hoodie. She had the supporter hoodie from the uh, yeah. from Shot Show. Yeah, so, but um, so she didn't put it back on. So she's sitting on the aisle, and you know, I, I I fly a lot and travel a lot, so I tend to sit closer to the front of the bus. And and she's sitting on the aisle there, 
And as everybody's jamming in, I see this sort of, you know, male Karen Todd, whatever you want to call him. And he kind of looks at her hat and does this double take and he kind of stares at her because it says shoot fast, die last. But then he looks down at her, her T-shirt and she's got the Scout Sniper Association T-shirt on. Mm -hmm. And so that's there. And I see the guy trying not to turn his head, but look at me. Mm Uh-huh. <laughs> and figure out what's going on. Because he's like, what the fuck? You got this girl with a scout sniper shirt and a shoot fast die last hat and me sitting in the corner, like, you know, facing a phone or some shit. But I just happened to catch him and it was pretty funny. But those hats, that is funny. yeah, those hats are excellent. We got two of them here. We picked them up at the, um, yeah. uh, the, the, the party in SHOT Show. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're looking forward to having them do some more stuff for us. Um the, the presale on that uh, on that design, the shirt and the hoodie, uh, went so well. I think he's going to keep wearing it on the site, so that's going to be awesome. Um, but uh, we're looking to have him come up with some uh, some some other cool designs that are maybe a little different. And uh, we're getting ready to revamp our store page on the website so that uh, we can directly link to you know some of these smaller companies that uh, that can make cool stuff like that. Um, right, right. We had this old fulfillment company for past few years now that uh, you know m- makes most of our swag, and you kind of have to do that because you know none of us have time to order a bunch of stuff up front that we don't know is going to sell, and then I got to keep it in my garage, and then on the weekends I got to process orders and package stuff up and go run it to the post office. Nobody's got time for that. No, I I don't even do it for me. I just got somebody yeah. who does my own store. Yeah. So you got, so we got this order fulfillment company that's been doing that for us for a while with, with just the basic logo design. Um, but now we got, uh, Carlson's creations, which is, uh, Melissa Carlson, Alex Carlson's wife, mm-hmm. uh, run, runs that. And, uh, she's, uh, come up with some, some cool stuff. Um, that's, uh, you know, logo, you know, SSA logo stuff. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to provide direct links from our store page, uh, to the, the SSA branded stuff that they're offering. And we're going to do that with other businesses too. You know, Scout Sniper owned uh, businesses and, and guys that make cool stuff that our order fulfillment people can't do. Um, also, uh, yeah, get, get ready for some new coins. We're, we're working on some new coins here. Uh, so that, that should be good. But, Excellent. Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of cool stuff going on, man. And, and a shot show. I just want to say, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, 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 the guys at RSF. Uh, thank you very much for uh, uh, inviting us to uh, participate in the shot show party and uh, having us out there. It was a blast. I, I wish I could have gone, but all the pictures looked like they had a blast. Uh, our directors that went uh, said they had a great time and were made to feel very welcome. And, uh, you know, w- whatever you know, some folks may remember about past uh, history between RSF and SSA. That's the past, dude. And and if you're perpetuating it, then don't be a perpetuator. Uh, but right now, things are great, and we love those guys. Uh, I always have, honestly. Yeah, and, I, I uh, got Chris's card right here in front of me from that, talking to Chris yeah. and everything, Juliet and everything. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. D- great dudes. Yeah, yeah. Chris is a great dude. You know, JJ is a great dude, um, you know, and, and we just look forward to continuing to work for the better of the community, you know, because that's what it's all about in the end. For sure. You know, they, the way the way they're structured and, and uh, you know, got their organization set up, there's things they can do that we can't, you know, and the way we're set up, there's things we can do that they can't. So, you know, it just it complements each other. And, uh, you know, we're just looking forward to continuing that partnership um, in different ways. So look for that, too. Excellent. Excellent. What else you got, Tim? I think that's about it, man. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, so, sorry. Uh, just a quick rundown of events. Oh, so, uh, yeah. So we got, uh, the, the hogs call today is over, uh, June, uh, in April, uh, there's the second Marine division sniper cop that is still on despite the fact that they're getting rid of scout snipers in the Marine Corps. Uh, so the SOI East guys at Camp Lejeune are still running that competition, uh, in April. Um, 10 June, uh, up in Massachusetts, we're doing the SSA uh, Skydive Boogie at Jumptown Skydive, Orange, Massachusetts. Uh, that's all the details we got at the moment, but we'll put out more info later. Um, we have an email set up for it, skydive at scoutsniper.org. Uh, in August, 18 to 20 August, is the Scout Sniper Association reunion. This is our 25th anniversary year for the association. 
been 25 years since uh, since the uh, SSA was founded, and uh, a lot of stuff going on. We're going to hold it up at Quantico. Uh, we're going to hold the dinner and some other things at the National Museum of the Marine Corps. Uh, we're going to walk the ground out there in the Memorial Park to show members where our monument for our, our fallen are, is going to go. Uh, we're going to get hosted at Weapons Training Battalion for a little shooting. And a, uh, you had to do tour. August? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know. August, yeah. August and Quantico. I know. That's like my bit. That's like my 28 day run. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, yeah, yeah, I know. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, and we're going to go to uh, the Marine Barracks 8th and I on Friday, you know, so it, it'll be it'll be great. Great time. And then um, September 15 to 17 September, the Gathering of Snipers 2023 and the Army versus Marine Sniper Grudge Match is going to be presented by Accuracy International at Pig River Precision, Virginia. Oh, nice. So more details coming. There you go. Uh, there you go. AI stepping up. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, I appreciate you calling me. I was just kind of like chilling out, watching some weird movie or something. I don't even know what the hell I was doing. I was. You, you like, told me you had to get out of bed for this. I did. I was laying in bed, kind. <laughs> I, I was in my sweats, laying in bed, watching watching a little TV. Um, yeah, we, like yeah. I said, we just flew in. We did the ten days or so, and I had a little bit of a scratchiness because we were just hitting it. One, the wind and everything in California was so bad. I was screaming. So my, my yeah. voice and my throat was nuked. So I was just chilling out all day today. But I'm like, hey, you yeah. want me to get out of bed and turn the computer on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything for you, Tim. No, I appreciate that, bro. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm still in my PJs too. That's that's why I asked you if this was going to be like a video or an audio thing. Yeah. You said audio. I breathed a sigh of relief because now I didn't have to take a shower or do my hygiene. You know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Put on Put on your shirt top with no pants. That's it. Yep. <laughs> Sit in front of the computer screen, butt naked. Yep. Yep. I get you. No, but uh, we'll get this out to everybody. <laughs> I'll post this up and make sure we get it out. Go to the Scout Sniper Association website if you need any more de details. If you're a member, check your emails or get on the list. If you're a Scout Sniper and you're not on the list, get on the list because they do send out stuff. You guys have been so much better with that. The emails are coming in. Um, you know, you're, yeah. we're kept informed. Uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're trying, man. We're trying hard. And if you're not, if you're a scout sniper and you thought you were a member and you're not seeing emails, there's a reason for that because we've been sending out all kinds of stuff. So if you're not seeing it, reach out to us on the contact form on our website and we'll get you hooked up with, with, uh, you know, the right contact information so that you can be in the loop. Perfect. Perfect. Anything yeah. else? That's it, brother. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate everything. I'm going to do the out. Hang on the phone a second, Tim, and then we'll jump in. Thanks, guys, for listening. Right. Make sure you share this episode and pass it around. World's going to hell in a handbasket, man. We got to take care of each other. You know what I mean? But take it easy. That's it.